We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But again, that's bwhustle.com join. Catch me out. There you go. Nice. Harden spins it to Tor. Great defense by the rookie out of Arizona State. Another ferocious slam by Hamadou Diallo. For the lead, Gilgis Alexander got it. The Thunder lead by one. What is up? Welcome to the uncontested postgame podcast. The Oklahoma City Thunder wrap up the game tonight against the Orlando Magic, winning 108-99. to It was really a game that Oklahoma City needed. You know, as much as people will say Oklahoma City needs to lose as many games as possible to get that top pick as they rebuild the franchise, you know, for guys like, like SGA and Lou Dort and Darius Baisley and even some of the other young guys, winning games is good for confidence. I think that you know, going on a 10-12 to 12 game losing streak does nothing for those guys and the culture of the team and, you know, kind of their attitudes going forward. So winning a game here and there is good. I think in my mind, you know, in a perfect world, if Oklahoma City wins one out of every four, five, six games, which is kind of what they're on track for right now, um, you'll end up with a good enough record or I guess a bad enough record that you'll have one of those top picks. 
but at the same time, you're winning on a regular cadence in which it boosts your confidence. Obviously, you know, a couple of Oklahoma City's recent losses were just by a couple of points. So if you can keep these guys happy, um, you know, keep their confidence up, get a win here and there, I think it's good while you can also continue to, to go towards that top pick while you rebuild the team. So Thunder got out to an early lead tonight against Orlando Magic. Just to, to recap the game here, uh, the Magic really let Al Horford shoot everything that he wanted to. We've seen throughout the preseason into the regular season that Al Horford really likes that pick and pop game, especially with Shea Gilgis Alexander. When you watch them play, it's like these guys have been teammates for a long, long time, but in reality, you know, they've played five regular season games together. Um, they, they got in the pick and pop early. Al Horford wasn't hitting at a very good rate to start the game. Uh, but he did have, you know, four uncontested three point attempts, uh, there early in the first quarter. That's something that's, that's positive for Oklahoma city. He said in the post game interview a couple weeks back, this is Al Horford, um, saying that he likes that style of play. He likes playing the pick and pop. Um, that's, that's really the type of offense that fits what he wants to do. So, that's what Oklahoma City is running. The Magic were giving them that all night. Uh, the Magic, late in the first, really got on a hot streak of three-pointers. They uh, hit about three threes straight to end the first quarter, um, which ultimately gave them uh, a lead going into the second quarter. Terrence Ross was on fire early on and, and quite frankly, throughout the entire game. He finished the first quarter with 12 points off the bench in just, I think, six or seven minutes. So that guy, you know, he's known for scoring, um, known for being one of the better kind of spark plugs off the bench. And he certainly did that the first quarter against the Thunder. He was one of the guys that uh, was really the reason that they were even in that game to start the first quarter. Um, towards the end of the first, you know, with, with the Magic kind of going on a streak there, one positive note, Teo Maladon comes in the game. Um, does some awesome things and hits a buzzer beater to, to close out that first quarter. A nice little mid-range jumper after a, a crafty move, really, to get himself open to, to close out quarter one. Honestly, he may have had his best NBA quarter in the second quarter. He was distributing, he was scoring, he was making some passes that, I mean, guys his age at, at his experience level in the league, quite frankly, don't make very often. Um, Darius Baisley's shot looked great. He actually led Oklahoma City in scoring at the half with nine points. Also led the team with five rebounds at half. He would go on to uh, lead the team in several statistical categories by the end of the game. Um, but it was really a balanced attack by him. It wasn't like he had a really good first half, a really good second half, but then um, didn't do great in, in the opposite. He really was consistent throughout the entire game, and that showed um, so at halftime, Oklahoma City was up 52-51. to 51. Everything was fairly even when it came to rebounding, assists, turnovers, uh, all those kind of stats that sometimes can be skewed and, and give a team a big lead. Those were all pretty consistent. The one thing that Oklahoma City struggled with in the first half, although they were up one point, uh, they only shot 26.3% from three there in the first half and 39.5% from the floor. Obviously, it's not going to get it done for a full game. Uh, and then on the flip side for the Orlando Magic, uh, Terrence Ross and Nikola Vucevic had 31 points in the first half of Orlando's 51 points. So those guys were going off. We already talked about Terrence Ross you know, earlier on the pod. Um, Vucevic looked awesome as well. I mean, he was hitting threes. He was hitting turnarounds in the paint. He was hitting free throws pretty much. 
you know, towards until the end of the game, he was hitting almost every single shot that he put up. Uh, but for Oklahoma City, what was most impressive to me in the first half was the balanced scoring attack. You know, they had SGA, seven points, Darius Baisley, nine points, Lou Dort, seven points, Al Horford, seven points, George Hill, five points, Diallo, five points, Maladon, seven points. So you had five guys with seven plus points and seven guys with five plus points. Like that's that's what you want to see. Um, this isn't a team that's that's likely going to be iso ball one guy, you know, taking a large portion of the of the offensive load on their shoulders this season, at least for now, you know, if, if personnel changes happen and trades happen and, you know, someone like SGA has a little bit more of an offensive burden, you might see that. But that balanced scoring attack, uh, for the most part, is going to bring you success all the way throughout the season. Um, a couple notes from the first half. Basley's handling is absolutely insane for his size. At 6'9", 6'10", um, I mean, he, he dribbles like a guard. He passes a lot of times like a guard. He's ambidextrous. He, he's told us before, um, although he shoots lefty, you know, he actually grew up a righty at some point um, in his life. The, the right-handed shot just wasn't falling for him. He switched over to left, and now he's able to finish with both hands. He shoots lefty. He can dribble with both. So, you know, that's, that's positive for him. I've always said that if he's going to reach his ceiling as an NBA player, it's likely going to be as a small forward. I know, you know, a lot of times last season he played backup center. He'll probably continue to play a little bit of backup center just because he has the size to. Um, but he's primarily a power forward right now. I think if he's going to make that next jump and be the guy that we all think he can be, it's going to be in a small forward position. He's going to be that jumbo wing, that Jason Tatum-like player. He's already shown the, the handles. He's already shown the passing. He's already shown the shooting ability. So give us some time. I think that's going to be kind of the next step for Darius Baisley. Um, George Hill starts out the third quarter with 10 points in the first five minutes. He was really what kind of extended a lead there for Oklahoma City in the third quarter. Um, Shade did a really, really good job of setting his teammates up. And then kind of fast-forwarding into the fourth, um, Teo, once again, I mean, the things he showed tonight for a 19-year-old were absolutely insane. There was a stretch there where, I forget if it was four or five buckets in a row, Teo assisted or scored on all of those. So whether it's you know actually taking the shots or facilitating offense and setting up a score um, in his fifth regular season game ever, uh, it's pretty fascinating to see what he was able to do. Um, Alpha Horford hit a huge three to put Oklahoma City up eight points with 49 seconds left. And like I said, final score of 108 to 99. Thunder win this one, their second win of the season. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on all of the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, 
your online sportsbook experts. Just to touch on some of the final stats here, looking at the box score, some things that that jump out. Uh, SGA, you know, hasn't been the aggressive kind of dominant score that I think a lot of us thought he was going to be. Albeit it's early in the season, things could change, personnel could change, um, his his mindset could change, what he's being asked to do by coach could change. But for now, um, seems like he's really focusing on being more of a distributor. He had only 16 points tonight, but he had seven assists. Um, I mean, his assist numbers from last season um, have, have almost doubled. He, there's several games now where he's he's been going into the fourth quarter with enough assists that you think, oh, maybe he'll have uh, a 10-assist night tonight. Um it doesn't always happen, but I think that, that SGA's assist numbers will continue to climb. Um, I think that the, the more games that I see him with, you know, six to eight, maybe nine assists, um, the higher I get on his actual passing ability. A lot of last season's, you know, lack of assists was due to playing with Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder and being um, kind of one of three point guards that are distributing the ball. But I think that's it, it's been p- promising this early in the season to see him uh, do that well on that side of things. Darius Baisley finishes with 19 and 12. That's 19 points, uh, 12 rebounds, also two assists, a block, shot two of four from three, so made half of his three pointers. Uh, perfect from the line, and you know overall, just maybe one of Darius Baisley's best games of his career. Probably not his best statistical game. He has had a 2010 game. He didn't quite get there tonight, um, but from a pure just eye test type game, seeing what Darius Baisley did tonight. Um, certainly one of the top five games in his early NBA career. Lou Dort uh, wasn't really clicking offensively tonight, just two for seven from the field, one of four from three. Um, did some other things, you know, he had some some creative plays, he had some, some nice finishes, um, set some guys up, played awesome defense per usual. Uh, Al Horford, 12.6 rebounds. George Hill, 18 points. I mentioned he had that really, really hot quarter. Um, Spark plugged him into 18 points on the night. Mike Muscala with the solid 8.6 rebounds. He continues to show us that he's not just a three-point shooter. Uh, in fact, we just got off of a uh, Zoom call with, with Coach Dagnalt, and he said that uh, Mike Muscala is certainly not just a three-point shooter. He's a guy that, you know, last game uh, prior to Orlando had four blocks. He's a, he's a great rebounder. He's a veteran presence in the locker room. I think a lot of us coming into this season looked at Mike Muscala as just a three-point shooter. Clearly, he's more than that. Um, Teo, like I mentioned, awesome game. He finishes with 12 points, three rebounds, four assists. Diallo, the guy that is absolutely uh, the least shy on the team, uh, finishes with 12 points on five of nine shooting. Also pulled on eight rebounds. That's That's impressive to me. He's always been a ball hawk. He's a guy that... Uh, gets in passing lanes. He always knows where the ball is. Uh, certainly not a Russell Westbrook type player, but has that same kind of nose for the ball. Uh, he's always in the right place at the right time when it comes to pulling down boards. So seeing him with with eight assists tonight was was certainly impressive. Alexei Pokashevsky. I mean, he struggled so so much offensively. He had another goose egg tonight. Zero points. He did bring down two rebounds. Uh, got in the passing lane once for a steal with his long arms. Only shot the ball one time, missed that one shot. Interestingly enough, when it comes to box plus minus, uh, Pokashevsky was a plus 12, so he led the team in box plus minus. 
that's not necessarily a stat that means, okay, Poku went in there and, you know, he's the reason that the team won and, and he had the best box plus minus. But that does mean that when he's in the game, um, the team played well. He was doing things that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. Same kind of thing with Steven Adams. We've seen in the past he might have, you know, an 8.9 rebound night and you think on the box score, it's, eh, it's not that great. Um, but he does the little things and I think Poku in the, in the same vein, whether he's truly stealing uh, passes or whether he's blocking shots that, I mean, there, there's a degree to it where if you're disrupting shots and you're disrupting the passing lanes and you're making it difficult on the, on the defensive end with your, with your length and you're spacing the floor with your ability to make three point shots, um, whether you're actually getting credit for that on the stat sheet or not. I think those are things that we're already seeing from Poku. Uh, he's clearly a long-term project. So just getting him burned tonight, and the fact that the Thunder were able to win this game by nine points while Poku also played 14 minutes is is promising. So get a win. You get your young guys some burn. Um, those, are, those are some of the guys to me that, that stuck out on the stat sheet. Um, some last minute, just kind of overall notes I wanted to touch on. This was a good bench test for Oklahoma City tonight. And Coach Dagnalt talked about this after the game. Um, he was really, really impressed with his bench. They went out there. He called them stabilizing as they went into halftime. Uh, also mentioned they were a great bridge into the third and fourth quarter, um, whether that be you know keeping the game close or keeping a lead. They were excellent at doing that tonight. They um, were solid offensively. They played some really, really good defense. And against a team like Orlando that has a guy like Terrence Ross who can absolutely just torch you, um, I think they did a really, really good job of slowing him down later in the game. Um, he got really, really hot there for a second, but it didn't last as long as it could have. You know, he did end up with a pretty solid night, but the Oklahoma City bench unit um, gets gets a passing grade for tonight. I think that was that was really good to see. Uh, Shea needs to be aggressive more. I mentioned this earlier. This is something that we've talked about quite a bit on some of our recent podcasts. And again, this could be what he's being asked to do. He's probably trying to let the game come to him, adjust to this new roster. But I feel like there's very few teams around the league where you look at their best player offensively on the roster and they have as few shot attempts per game as SGA does. And, you know, he, he's got good offensive numbers this season. Um, he's just under 20 points a game. But what, what really worries me about that is, you know, last season with Oklahoma City, he attempted 14 and a half shots a game. And that was on a team that had a ton of scores. Um, it was super impressive to see him lead the team in scoring with, with Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari and some of these other guys. Um, but now that he's the guy, he's only averaging 15.3 shots a game. So his, his attempts haven't gone up at all while he's being asked likely to, to shoulder a larger load. Um, it's interesting to me. So I think that's something to continue to watch as the, the season goes on and as, as his role changes. The last thing that, that's kind of stuck out tonight was Lou Dort and you know, how sustainable his offensive production can be. Um, like I mentioned, you know, his, his shooting tonight certainly wasn't as efficient as it has been. Um, in other games this season, he did finish with nine points, uh, but it was on two of seven shooting and one of four from three. Um, you know, he's he's been a huge surprise this season when it comes to 
um, how much he's been able to score and really how efficiently he's been able to do it, especially from beyond the arc. Because he was a guy, if you remember last year, um, against the Houston Rockets in that playoff series, they were just letting him shoot. And while he is shooting probably a large percentage of his three-pointers fairly uncontested, he's not a guy that's taking a ton of step back or, or high level of difficulty type three-pointers. Um, you know, he, he has been pretty good from beyond the arc. And, and tonight will certainly dock his percentage a little bit. You know, he's still averaging uh, roughly 15 points a game and his three-point percentage is, is certainly positive. But it's it's the, the question for me with him is how sustainable is this? And, and Jacob Niffin, and we, t- we talked about this on previous podcast and we tweeted about it tonight Jacob thinks it's roughly 20 games to where you can see how sustainable somebody is offensively um, we're five games in so about 25 percent the way there you know it, Lou Dort when it comes to game 20 if he's still averaging 15 points a game and shooting you know 35 40 percent from three like I think it I think you can officially say this guy is is better offensively than we thought he could be he came into this season we knew he was going to be a lockdown defender, but I don't think anybody expected him to be this good offensively. And small sample size to this point, it's been really up and down. He had some explosive games to start the season, these last two games, uh, eight points followed by nine points. So stats are certainly dropping, but nonetheless, some of the finishes he's making, he had one tonight where he went up and under with the left hand. Um, he looks confident shooting that three-point. I think that's a huge thing for him. Whether they're falling or not, he's got to be confident because if he gets back into this mode where he's not comfortable taking threes and he's pump faking or passing when he has open looks, that does a lot to the defense to where he no longer is considered a floor spacer and teams can play very, very different defensively. So in my mind, you don't necessarily need Lou Dort to shoot 40% from three. You know, you don't necessarily need him to score 15 points a game this season. But if he's a guy that defenses when they scheme, they have to defend him the same way they're going to defend the other guys on the team that can shoot. And for this Thunder team, it's a lot of guys. And this has been something that Darius Baisley and Mike Muscala and a lot of these guys have talked about is whether you're a point guard all the way through a center, most of the guys on this team can shoot the three at a respectable clip or to the degree in which a defense has to guard you. Same with Grabbing a rebound and pushing. We've seen Darius Baisley push the ball. We've seen Mike Muscala bring the ball up once or twice. We've seen Al Horford bring the ball up. We've seen all these different guys with the ability to bring the ball up and the ability to shoot the three. If Lou Dort is able to fill that same mold and at least make defenses respect him, I think that's a that's a win in my eyes when it comes to his offensive ability this season. So when it's all said and done, after the win tonight, Oklahoma City is sitting at two and three. Um, which was a bunch of teams tied at two and three right now. Everybody from the nine seed down to the 14 seed is currently two for three as I record this post game. Um, but that being said, Oklahoma City is just another couple of losses from being back in the 14th or 15th slot that they were prior to this win. Um, still a lot of basketball to be played. I don't think you can really put any stock into standings or, or anything like that. The Denver Nuggets are. Last place in the West right now, that's certainly not going to hold up. So time will tell as this team continues to go forward. Um, you know, when it comes to getting that top pick, 
I don't really know if you have to have the number one pick to get a guy that can be a high impact player or a guy that plays alongside Shea. If you get a, a Jonathan Kuminga or an Evan Mobley or a Cade Cunningham or a Jalen Green or a even, even a Suggs type of guy, like if you get a top five pick, you're going to be solid in this upcoming draft and there's no question. Um, even with, with different lottery odds, Oklahoma City should be a top five team this year. So um, as, as great as it is to you know see them lose for Thunder fans so they get one of those top picks, winning games like this certainly is, an, is not the end of the world. So uh, that'll wrap it up for tonight, guys. Until we talk to you guys again, Thunder up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.